You are very welcome to the Heart to Heart podcast with me, Sinead McKiernan, as your host. We will hopefully be having lots of inspiring and empowering conversations around health and well-being. In this first episode, we're joined by nurse and acupuncture student, Ashleen Harron. Hello, Ashleen. Welcome to the first episode of Heart to Heart podcast or conversations, whatever you want to call it where we discuss topics around the subjects of health, well-being, the heart, stress, self-care, and all of those wonderful things that we know are all um, interconnected. I'm delighted that you are the first guest because um, I know your background through, um, you come to my yoga classes and um, I know a little bit about you and that you've been a nurse for the last decade or over a decade and I know that you are now studying acupuncture um, so I'm really interested in your insights and experience and perspective around health and well-being because I know that you have you know the medicine background and you're integrating lifestyle medicine and Chinese medicine so I think you will have some really insightful and wise um, experiences and information and insights to give to um, people that are listening. So um, during your nursing career, um, you have worked in cardiology, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mainly, yeah, mainly in cardiology, yeah. So you will have seen a lot over the last decade um, working in hospitals, working in the public, working in GP clinics. Um, You will have seen the impact that stress has on the body um, and that our lifestyle can have on the body. So um, over your your last decade, decade working within that area through you know medicine in the Irish healthcare system what are your perspectives um you know on the uh, impact that stress and our lifestyles have on our health mm. um so yeah a bit about my background yeah I went and did nursing in Limerick um and I'm qualified 10 years um as a nurse a general um nurse Um, My background would have been mainly in cardiology. I worked in cardiology units as well as the cath lab. Um, And definitely stress is a big, I was looking at the data there a few months ago, like 60 to 80% of like visits in the GP, which is where I am now and practice nurse in the community is stress related or stress induced. So it is a big issue um, that I'm coming across. Um, And within, you know, cardiology, um, it's obviously a big, big factor as well. Obviously, lifestyle is, you know, whether it's our diet, whether it's, you know, our emotional or mental health, it all has a big impact on our health, especially in related to the heart. Um, and then within my, you know, years of working within hospitals and community, um, you know, I definitely started to come across, obviously, Western medicine is like life-saving. It's been one of the biggest, you know, impact on our life expectancies and our you know um overall life um span um but um 
I guess with COVID, um, I started to come across um, kind of a limitation within Western medicine, um, which kind of drew me into the more um, Eastern medicine acupuncture side of things, which is more an integrated um, approach to health, not just the physical side of things, but how we live our lives and how we are living, um, you know, in terms of our mental and emotional um, worlds. Um, so, you know, COVID came and that impacted us, you know, quite severely in a lot of different ways. But what I found within the hospital setting um, and within the community setting in the Western world and the Western medicine module is that I kind of started to feel a limitation in, um, in you know, in particular with long COVID symptoms, you know, if your your blood panel was normal and if, you know, your MRI report came back normal and if there was nothing spotted physically by your specialist, you were kind of left in the dark with your symptoms. And I started to get curious. Um, I kind of started to feel like there was a huge aspect of our health that we were kind of disregarding within that model. And the good thing about acupuncture that kind of drew me in is that it is a more integrated um, model and approach to health. It's not just the physical, it's the mental, it's the emotional, it's the environmental, it's all of those, you know, dimensions um, of, you know, health that we are incorporating. Um, and within um, Western medicine, which again is life changing, it saves lives every second. We've got, you know, you know, we've got huge advancements in it that is, you know, prolonging um, our lifespan. But at the same time, I was starting to question the quality of our life with that lifespan. Um, and also what's coming out now as well, you know, is, you know, the life expectancy in the US is actually starting to drop over the last two decades. And even though we have, you know, a very westernized model that is, you know, saving lives, I, I do believe there's um, a limitation within that, that we need to start looking elsewhere for. Um, so, you know, therapies like acupuncture, um, which often is regarded as alternative, which I don't like. I don't like that word. I don't believe it should be one or the other. I don't believe it should be choosing of one or the other. Um, I'm very passionate about using it as a complementary therapy. Um, and using it as a different approach to health where we are incorporating everything, every aspect of our health and our well-being. Um, so I kind of got into acupuncture in that sense when I came along um, and I started discovering a bit of limitations and kind of feeling like a lot of people were being left with these really debilitating symptoms, um, particularly after COVID. Um, and I was lucky enough to have experienced acupuncture down throughout my life and I've felt the benefits of it. So I started kind of looking into that model and it's a way of, um, you know, the Western model is very like um, boxy. It's very labely. Um, it's about like, you know, getting a diagnosis and treating the diagnosis. But something like acupuncture, it's 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 not as boxy. It's more about it's it's individualistic. It's sitting down with someone it's listening to their symptoms, but it's also checking in on their, you know, emotional state, their lifestyle factors, their diet, what's going on at work, what's going on at home, how they're sleeping. It's just, it's more individual. It's less about putting someone into a label and a box. And it's more about, you know, going after the symptoms and treating the fire, um, you know, going after the smoke and treating the fire as opposed to just treating the smoke and hoping that it resolves. It's actually going to the, the nitty gritty aspect of, of our well-being, really. Um, Do you think so that during 
COVID, a lot of people reevaluated their healthcare yeah. provider, um, because we all seen, you know, um, a new wave of, um, I suppose it was a virus that we were unsure of and it was frightening and we didn't know the impacts on our bodies but also a lot of people had time off to think and reevaluate their lives and one of those things was um you know we had hard decisions to make around the vaccine it was all very scary and it happened very quickly um and people had to make decisions and you know it wasn't it, we didn't have time to research it or think about it too much because we were worried um especially for people that may have had other issues underlying issues and um do you come across a lot of people that have taken that time out or since covid have recently newly reevaluated how they look after themselves and who or where they choose for their healthcare provider? Yeah, I think it opened up people um a little bit more to other possibilities. Like I was saying with these, all like the labeling of like alternative therapies was always like, is it was like you were disregarding, you were choosing not to go Western medicine and you were going into something else. Um, and, you know, the likes of reflexology, acupuncture, all these incredible modalities, um, people became more open, I think, because when they got to a point, especially, you know, I came across a lot of patients with really debilitating long COVID symptoms where they weren't getting anywhere um, in relation to the treatment, in, in relation to management of those symptoms. Um, you know, when the blood work was coming back clear, when all their, you know, chest x-rays or you know their MRI brains were coming back and specialists were saying everything looks good but they still had these symptoms of migraines or fatigue um I think it opened up you know people to kind of go down different avenues um to in order to support their to support their own body and to support their health um and you know that's why you know this whole thing of alternative I do think it's more of a complementary thing I think they can all work together I think there's there's place and space for every every aspect um of the integrated and make it more yeah holistic because we know from our work and our experience that and um, the mind the emotions the thoughts the body the organs are all connected so mm-hmm how we choose to look after our health um can't be limited because you know yeah. i i know in western medicine there's some fantastic doctors and nurses like yourself and um it's a difficult place to work in at the moment especially in irish healthcare system i hear it all the time of a lot of friends that are nurses and gps and um, I do hear it quite a lot. You know, it's a frustrating and difficult environment to work in in Ireland at the moment. There's no time for anything else. Um, they're under pressure and they're under stress. Mm. But also I hear from the other side of patients that are going in, there's also frustration there because we're only getting prescriptions really for symptoms. And yeah. we're not often being told about the full side effects of those prescriptions and um, some GPs that I know and I know um 
a few in Galway that are um, really doing their best to study different areas and bring in lifestyle medicine and prescribe that to their patients, which is wonderful to see that movement happening. And like from your study in acupuncture and from my study in yoga, we know that there's in the East, there's it's already it's just basic it's just what how you grow up is you look after your mind you look after your diet you choose you know it's a privilege if you can choose to where you're going to eat your food and mm-hmm. um what movement you do we look after our bodies and our minds and our hearts and our emotions and i know and um, my sister-in-law is chinese they would have grown up massaging their family members it's just part of part of who they are and similar I would have met people when I was studying in India you know you choose lifestyle before you choose um medicine as a prescription yeah and I also think as well one of the biggest things I'm also very passionate about you know as a nurse and also studying acupuncture is empowering people again to take ownership and to take um control over their own health but also be in tune with the power of the body and the natural healing ability that the body has and and become empowered over their own health and well-being it's not something that we need to keep constantly reaching for from something external like we like the body is incredibly powerful it knows how to look after us um it has so much wisdom and intelligence um and i think it's you know it's about trusting that as well you know there's a lot of fear mongering out there we live in a lot of world where there's a lot of fear and i'm really passionate within you know my role as a practice nurse and eventually hopefully as an acupuncturist that people can you know feel empowered in themselves in relation to what their body is capable of um and it's not always needing something external to get it to where it is like you know in acupuncture we talk about the yin and yang aspect and it's just about finding balance and you know if we're balancing the yin and the yang within ourselves and there's no disease and it's about shifting the focus away from disease in one sense into more you know the wellness which is what the the body is you know in if it is in that balanced state um, and just focusing on that balance and about the wellness as opposed to like the fear of disease because that will lower your immune system anyway living from that kind of headspace and and mindset you know I like Um, that idea of being your own healthcare provider hmm. if you can you know choose things that will bring you towards health yeah rather than choosing sick care which realistically is what happens in the doctors and the hospitals is yeah exactly the care it's care for when you're sick yeah and the focus is on the illness the focus is on the 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 sickness it's it's like shifting that focus on like maintaining your body to be in a state of wellness and having that balance of the yin and the yang um which is always fluctuating i don't think there's any like set um treatment for um well-being i think it changes all the time throughout different phases of your life right down to just the day-to-day it's always it's it's never permanent it's always in flux it's always oscillating and it's just about finding that balance between the yin and the yang continuously down to the minutes as opposed to like one set thing that should work for you forever um and about focusing on that and the ability that your body has and you know especially with acupuncture where we're accessing the meridians to move you know energy to places where it needs to go 
Um, it knows it has this intelligence and it's about, you know, trusting your own body, trusting your own intuition, trusting, like dropping into what your body actually needs in that moment. And, you know, we live in a world now as well, I feel like where um, it's gone very extreme. I mean, there's a lot of noise out there about wellness, about, you know, health, about, you know, that wellness culture where it's gone very extreme and it has to be, you know, you have to be doing this and this and this. Um, and, you know, it, there's a lot of like, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Um, you're told one thing that obviously school of thought is always switching and changing. Science is always moving and evolving. Um, but, you know, it can get very confusing, you know, the area of well-being and health where you're told one thing and then you're told another and then there's another expert and there's all these experts out there and everyone's an expert now. And it can get very noisy. It can get very confusing. Um, and I, I'm just, I'm just trying to get it like I, from when I'm talking with my patients anyway, tuning into what their needs are, tuning into their body. Like we all have our own knowing of our body, um, and trusting the body and it's about tuning in, you know, it's about dropping into what the body actually needs, drowning out the noise, um, and looking after the body as best you can in what feels right for you. Because what yeah, feels as right- you say, it's going to be different for each individual yeah on each day so the idea of even (laughs) prescriptions yeah um they can't they're not tailored and targeted you know they're yeah there's there's no common like prescription that you can really give to anyone to be like you need to live your life like this because it's always evolving and changing you're changing the world is changing your environment's changing like when we look at nature everything is cyclical everything moves through seasons and you know one of the things you know that we get caught up on is that we we're supposed to stay in the same momentum in the same way throughout the year um but if you look to nature and you look at the intelligence that nature has like it's cyclical we we, we should be you know it's like that kind of oscillating you know, balance and movement and it's dynamic, it's not permanent. And, you know, with the seasons, we should be slowing down. Obviously, you know, society has an expectation that we have the same momentum and energy and output and productivity, but like as best we can, we need to like tune into what the body needs, like what nature does, slow down in the winter, you know, you know, become more productive and proactive in the spring summer and like what I love about acupuncture is that it incorporates all that you know um it incorporates all those factors into your health and like there was aspects of it that I did see in western where I always had that feeling that there was more to our health and our well-being than just the physical like I would have worked in cardiology and I was very lucky to experience um like a cardiac symptom called um Takusubo syndrome which is basically when an intense emotional event happens it can actually change the physiology and the shape of your heart and causes cardiomyopathy so like that to me all those little insights that I got through my nursing I was like there's always something more than just the physical here that's having an impact on our health and you know to operate now as hopefully as an acupuncturist where we're now going to be integrating all those aspects it really excites me and I think that's the way healthcare will eventually go it's it's about remembering, as I said, like acupuncture, it's ancient wisdom. It's like it's been there a long, long time. And, you know, they were so tuned in and connected. And it's about remembering that, about remembering those simple things um, that have a massive impact, you know, and not getting caught up in the science all the time. When you decided to become a nurse, did you hear 
the calling for the vocation? Was it something like you've obviously you care about people's health, you care about looking after people, you're very compassionate and empathetic. Um, was it always there before you decided to become a nurse? Was it just a kind of uh, oil transidency? Um, well, I always had a really huge interest in biology. I always loved the body. I would have had books as a kid on like horrible science in relation to anatomy. And like, I always had a fascination with the heart as well. Um, I just think it's an incredible organ, not just like a pumping muscle, but it also has its brain, a, a brain of its own. It has an electrical system. It has pumping. It's like yeah it's the only organ you take it out of the body and it's still pumping on its own without the brain you know it just it always fascinated me um um and it was always an area that I was interested in in terms of nursing though um like all 18 year olds I was kind of like I don't know what I what I want or what I you know what I want to be but I always knew that I wanted to help people I always had that very strong knowing that I'm here to help people and then because of my interest in biology and in the anatomy and in the makeup of our body I kind of wanted to learn more so I was like general nursing is a good start so got into general tried all the different other I guess areas and it was like no no it was very like no interest in this 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 and then I eventually got into cardiology after which again I had always that interest in and I just loved to learn I loved working with it I loved being in it I loved learning from it um, and it was through working in that that I also got like this insight into how powerful the body actually is you know like I remember you know my first time in the cat lab you know if you've got a block in the heart um, there's what we call you know collaterals that can form where your body can actually like form its own pathway around the block um, so with time, obviously, um, if it's a slow forming, you know, blockage in the heart, your body has the intelligence, the awareness, the wisdom to know to actually grow its own vessels around the block like a natural bypass. And, you know, when I first saw that, I remember getting goosebumps. I was like, wow, like, look at what the body can actually do without you being even consciously aware that there is something happening here. It's looking out for you. It's working hard. And I just was like, that's just incredible. And, you know, when I first saw that first collateral, you know, when you see the collaterals, um, you know, cardiologists be like, there's nothing that I need to do. Your body's done it. It's, it's done already. And that used to blow my mind. Obviously, there's, you know, it's a slow forming, you know, um, it's a slow forming process. Um, and you do, obviously, you have like fast forming blockages that are, you know, your heart attacks that need, you know, Western medicine and the need treatment immediately. But it just shows that like, you know, the body has an intelligence, it has um, just so much wisdom, it knows how to look after you. It's, and, tr it's trying its best to keep us healthy and protect yeah. us. And I just remember being like, whoa, there's something so much bigger here at play than just physical um, makeup. Like it's not just physical. It's, there's so much more. There's a hidden intelligence that that we have and that we need to trust as well and remember and, and become empowered with again. And um, yeah, it was it was through that then that I kind of got interested in. Um, and it was all through the heart. I just think it's fascinating. And and then the acupuncture then, it was like unlifting a veil to like the interconnectedness of it all and how we're part of it all. And 
my outlook on well-being just shifted then from just the physical into something much more bigger um which I'm, I'm trying sure to as well during your nursing career that you witnessed some challenging and tough times with your patients and people leaving this earth which I know you would see as a privilege to be there and witness but when you speak about you know you began to realize there was much more were there moments that you sensed um a spirit or something happening in those times where people are leaving their bodies um Mm. what was your experience with with that yeah so I think um a lot of um us health professions especially nurses where we work very closely with you know people that are dying terminally ill the passing like we've learned we learn so much I've learned so much from my patients like um through that process of you know dying and death and I think a lot of my colleagues a lot of my fellow you know friends and workers would have had experiences um where we were made aware that there's a lot more um beyond the body um I do remember one patient that had passed and um as he was passing he definitely saw someone in the corner of the room um and he had been non-verbal for a good while and you know very down you know and just seconds before he passed he looked over to one particular corner of the room and had this like beaming smile all of a sudden and it was like a recognition and I knew then I experienced that for the first time that he definitely you know saw someone um you know was be- was being received by someone that he loved or- and recognized and then with that beaming beautiful smile he passed away so there's been lots of like really special profound little moments down through my nursing career where you know we as nurses and as doctors um we see that there's a lot more you know um beyond the body and we have like even um like this tradition it's not even it's not taught in like college but i think all nurses that i've come across they have that like habit and it's like when everyone um, when anyone of your patients dies um we just automatically open up the window and it's like not something that's taught but it's like through your training you just it's passed down through nurse to nurse to like open up the window to let the spirit go to let it move and to let them pass and you know um yeah my nursing has taught me my patients have taught me a lot they they really have like you know even the elderly like I've such like reverence and respect for my elderly patients because they hold so much wisdom and I'm always asking them about you know what advice and you know between the elderly and between just seeing all the full circle of life and it really taught me a lot and and um really has it does make you connect and connect to something more than just do you think from your experiences and like you know experiencing somebody pass like that um quite like a beautiful memory to hold and beautiful Mm. thing to witness do you think that those moments have made you more spiritual? Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that there's anything else that's been happening for you through those moments, like deeper connections with um, spirits or angels? Or I know a lot of nurses that I know anyway talk about angels and they feel more connected to spirits and angels 
um things like that and I, I'm guessing it's because they witness more deaths than most average people like me would um so you're more connected to something else it, you know there's something there's a spirit passing into another place that we we don't yet know where or what but do you feel more spiritual maybe any kind of psychic abilities any connections with spirits do you feel anything like that from your experiences um I definitely think when well, from seeing like the different obviously being a part of someone you know witnessing deaths and being at someone's deathbed um you definitely get um I have felt um a really prof- like obviously there's different types but like when it's done in a in a really um caring intentional way you know death is actually very beautiful and I've experienced that beautiful feeling of peace um and it's like I've seen glimpses in in certain patients that have passed of how it shouldn't be such a fear thing it's actually been a very peaceful beautiful profound moment that you can it's like an experience you can't even explain it it's just something comes into the room and um yeah you just feel very connected to something other than just this world and you know working uh, you know with nurses you know other nurses and and doctors one of the things that you know we see a lot of um people speak about on their deathbed really um which has made me like change my outlook on life and where I prioritize things is the two most common things is you know people talk about that they long for that they uh, wish for is either nature so like one more walk on the beach or one more you know time in their garden or you know to see the the sea one more time so it's like that desire for nature or one more des- uh, desire for to be with the loved one so for me like any time that I've witnessed someone passing um before they pass you know what they all talk about is either nature so like the sunset or you know the trees or you know animals or a loved one you know their mother their father their son their husband you know it all comes back to those two things nature and relationships connection um and you know witnessing that again and again and again and hearing that it kind of like it shifted my priorities in life away from everything else that we can tend to get caught up on to just those two simple things of just nature and connection, like connection with nature, but connection with other beings, with other, you know, sentient beings, whether it's animals or whether it's humans. And um, I guess yeah. they're two of the things that will bring us back home to ourselves, to our innate qualities of love and peace, because when we're yeah. with, our loved ones we feel content and love Absolutely. and joy and similarly yeah. with and everything comes nature. back to love you know everything comes back to love in that moment and as someone's passing that's all that there is you know in a, in a good passing like that when they're speaking um of their life if they're going when they're going back through their life or with when they're speaking of what they would like to happen or their desire it all comes down to love and it's about that connection either with nature or with other people and that was you know that has changed my mindset in the way that I see my life and the way that I want to work through what my life and prioritize my life and you know it's it's you know it's a blessing I guess that nursing is has brought to me 
um, along with all the wisdom of just meeting patients at different stages and phases of their lives, living through the different things. There's a lot that we can learn from each other. And there's a lot that we can learn from our body as well. You know, if we listen and if we tune into it, that's the, the biggest part of it all. Like, as they say, the greatest journey in our life is that 18 inch drop from our head to our heart. And I really believe that, you know, dropping down into that heart space and like tuning into what our body needs and like listening to our heart essentially is vital for well-being overall. And what's really exciting now is that there's data coming out on that effect physiologically on the body, you know, like there's data now, which like from I'm saying it all the time, I think it's mind-blowing. And it's that, you know, the heart has um an electromagnetic field that's a hundred times greater than the brain. So like there's a lot of focus at the moment on you know mindfulness and like you know or you know everything in the brain mental and mindfulness and being mindful and that's huge but we can't also forget the heart as well because the heart it's a two-way actual pathway it's a dynamic two-way street that they, it communicates and it's not just you know we're taught in school that everything originates from the brain and how we perceive the world and how we go about our world comes from the brain you know comes from the brain but it's actually the heart that communicates with you know the brain that has a huge influence on how we perceive our world and you know to hear that, that the electromagnetic field of the heart can actually extend three feet outside of your body like that has a massive you know now that that data and research is coming through it just shows what we've always known which is that the connection the heart to heart as you call these um series it's not just a phrase it's not just like even an energy you know it's not just um something you know abstract it's actually like a physiological impact that's happening where you know your your electromagnetic field is radiating three feet out of your heart when you're coming into contact with people I love that that level yeah and like you know what happens then is when you operate out of your heart space like so when you're dropping when they say you know out of that heart space um when you're operating out of that, out of a place of, you know, appreciation or gratitude or love or, you know, compassion, um, it actually brings about a physiological coherence within the body. So what that does is, is that it opens up, it sends obviously communication to the brain, but it activates the parasympathetic system. It brings about this beautiful synchronicity and harmonious, efficient um, you know, exchange between all our organs, whether it's the nervous, the hormonal, you know, the cardiovascular system and everything operates in a more orderly, synchronistic, um, you know, um, harmonious place. And that to me is well-being. That to me is what the body, you know, that to me is what well-being is. And from that place as well, there's a nice orderly, you know, communication to the brain that then brings about incredible mental clarity and it opens access then to our intuition and into our truth and therefore everything is just in that yin yang balanced state so like it's coming through now in that data as well physiologically like they were able to record the impact with ECGs and EEGs on the brain of people you know coming into a state of appreciation with their friends And what's fascinating to me is that they were able to see that that electromagnetic communication was picked up in the other person. And what happens is coherence happens and there's a lovely synchronicity that happens. So like me chatting to you, 
like our heart rhythm on the ECG actually synchronizes. It actually synchronizes into this orderly waveform. And through that synchronicity comes coherence. And in that coherence, everything flows and is harmonious. And that's why I also feel like an essential part of well-being is each other. It's community. It's, you know, social interaction, social support groups. That's what's keeping us longer, you know, alive longer, as well as our nutrition and our lifestyle. And all yeah, that. that's beautiful joy, things that bring you joy and gratitude yeah. and appreciation and friendships and laughter and good chats. They will definitely be they should be on top of anyone's well-being list. And I think I shared a study with you recently about an Italian community that on paper had kind of more like maybe detrimental health effects um they were eating you know red meats and steaks and red wine and smoking um but they had no issues of cardiology no cardiology issues in their community um no heart attacks no strokes no high blood pressure so they studied them because they were they thought this was incredible look at their diets and their lifestyles are so bad but they were eating their meals together. Family was so important. They sat and ate for a long time and they talked and laughed and had so much joy in their mm-hmm. lives that their hearts were healthy. Like how mm-hmm. fascinating it is. Yeah. And it's about intention and it's about connection. And I think, you know, the data is only just starting to kind of come through now on on the actual physiological effects of that, of that connection, of that electromagnetic exchange and that beautiful coherence that can happen and synchronicity that can happen when we operate out of here as opposed to here, you know, um, and the intention behind everything that we do, you know, like if, you know, it's it, intention is so important because that has the big uh, one of the biggest impacts on our body I believe then you know following all the rules and being miserable in it and you know operating out of this fear based you know mentality um it's about that intention it's you know and it's exciting to see that you know come through so um, as a nurse and as an acupuncture student what do you think is the most detrimental thing that we are doing for our hearts now that is impacting our well-being mm. um I, te- I definitely think there's multiple like stress is a big thing stress is massive um as i was saying like 60 to 80 percent of all people that are presenting to their gp is either stress related or stress induced and then stress has a knock-on effect on everything you know or on our relationships um it just affects everything um I also feel like um, a lot of just lack of connection, like lack of connection to nature, lack of connection to each other, lack of connection to ourselves, um, kind of deli- like being very distracted in the way we go about our th- our world and, you know, deliberately, you know, and living up here, like living in this headspace um, too much as well. You know, I think it's, again you know it's about the simple things it's about you know taking it back to the simple way of living and the simple um ordinary things it doesn't have to be anything major or big or extreme or you don't it's not anything you know it's all those little things that can have a a good impact on our health overall feeling connected to the world that we're in and the people that are in our lives I found it very um funny the the top two things on the 
deathbed list, you know, because um, I've been running retreats, yoga and well-being retreats for the last decade. And one exercise I like to give people while they're on retreat is to write down a list of things that bring them joy in their lives. Usually when people come on retreat, they're so busy and they can't wait to just get away from everything and just they're so tired and life is so hectic. So just a simple exercise to check in with their lives. I get them to write down things that bring them joy and make them feel, you know, elevated, lift their heart. Um, it's always nature and people that they love. It's always the free, so simple, simple things. Like so the- I'm, I'm smiling, thinking of these are the two things that we're longing while we're alive. And these are the things that we're longing while we're dying. Mm, absolutely. And it's the simple things. I think in this day and in, in this world, we we get so ahead of ourselves and it always has to be complicated and it always has to be, you know, social media and the Internet and, you know, our antennas are out and everywhere and there's these comparisons and there's these experts. And as I said, there's a lot of noise going on out there externally. But I think when we just take it back in more internal space and just drop down it's the simple things that really have a massive impact you know like I have a lot of um, amazing elderly people well into their 90s that are not on any medication that are gardening every day that have horses that they're still taking care of and I always ask the, those um, patients those incredible um, patients like what's the secret and and you know a lot of this, the answers are kind of all the same but it's like take no notice of your age just you know and keep active keep going and do the little things like as you say do the little things that bring you joy and keep going stay active in that space and I do believe that's you know that's the key it's it's the simple things it's not about aspiring to be anything great or you know to work to or it's just the simple day-to-day things um that have the biggest impact whether that it is just simple moments of gratitude or connecting with a friend or going for a walk or eating a really nice meal and enjoying your meal it's the intention behind everything as well and it's the ordinary it's about making the ordinary extraordinary again because we've got so caught up in these you know big complicated extravagant you know you have to go away for here to do you know it's all these big you know you know it's it's just got it's so far it's the simple things it's going back to just the ordinary day-to-day things you don't need to go away to a 10-day retreat abroad to find joy and find contentment it's all it's it starts internally first in the simple ordinary day-to-day things and and yeah that's what a lot of my patients have, have taught me as well it's that you know just stay active and just do the little things that bring you joy and don't take any notice of your age and live like live and enjoy your life you know and it's about the balance I mean everything in moderation I say it to my patients all the time you know everything is in moderation everything needs to it's the middle ground the pendulum is always swinging and we've gone from one way to now to the almost this extreme culture of wellness where you can't eat this you can't eat this you need to do this you need to be up at this hour don't sleep this this way you know you can get so caught up so your advice life. to the listeners, mm. Ashleen, for well-being, mm-hmm. from all your years of expertise and experience. Um, so this is our final nugget of wisdom. Number one on the list, is it simplicity? Yes, keep it simple. Um, keep it simple and find um, 
and just appreciate the ordinary. I mean, it, there's like this kind of narrative, like we're always bypassing the ordinary things, but appreciate the ordinary, keep it simple. And I would say tune into your body, you know, every day. It's a constant practice. It's not something that you you tune in today and then, oh, this is what I will do now for well-being over the next couple of weeks or months. It's a constant practice every day of of gauging what you re what you feel you need, dropping into your heart and, you know, tuning into what your body feels it needs, what it's telling you it needs, because the intelligence and the wisdom is all within you anyway. It's not you're not going to get it better anywhere else, you know, so keep it simple and tune in. Just Beautiful. Tune in. I love that advice, because as you say, we are at, we're like overstimulated. There's wellness experts everywhere. You know, there's mushroom tea and there's, you know, like non-toxic yeah. hair products and there's this and there's that and you have to do 20 minutes of this and 10 minutes of that and you've no time for, for anything else so I love that advice so much keep it simple and tune in to yourself because um as the saying goes you need to slow down to speed up you know mm. you need to you, the yeah. magic comes from the quiet quiet space absolutely and all our bodies are so different like we're all different we all have different realities and experiences and just tune into what's best for you what feels right for you and what resonates the most with you because when you're in resonance that's when the harmony and the well-being is really there you know um and not boxing yourself into what you think it should be just tune in and keep it simple just keep Ashleen you are a wealth of knowledge and wisdom <laughs> Thank you for sharing all your experiences with us this this morning. It was gorgeous to chat to you. Thank you. Um, Thanks for having me. And we look forward to the next episode when maybe we hear more about acupuncture and the hmm. learnings and the effects of acupuncture on the body. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm interested in how this will all unfold. This Thank year. you so much. Yeah. And look after yourself because you're busy looking after everyone else. So keep looking after yourself because I know the people that look after other people put themselves last on the list. So keep yourself first on that list. Look after yourself and your own beautiful heart. Thank you. You too. Lovely chatting. Thanks so much.